Today's episode is about 25 lessons I've learned from 25 years of living. Welcome to Winning Streaks. I'm your host, Tanvir Mustafa, and every week I get deep into the stories and strategies of experts, champions, business moguls, and industry leaders to find out how you can win the day and win at life. If you're committed to never settling for the status quo and consistently challenging yourself to new heights, then this is the show for you. In return, I commit to bringing you insightful, practical, and no BS conversations that will help you create your next big win. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Winning Streaks. I'm your host, Tanvir Mustafa. So excited for, for this episode. Um, so this, this show is coming out, or this particular episode is coming out on January 26th, uh, 2021. The following day, so January 27th, uh, is actually my birthday. And in particular, it's my 25th birthday, um, which is you know crazy to me. Uh, maybe I'm going to have a quarter life crisis. I don't know yet, but that's what, you know, now's around the time where people say they have a quarter life crisis. I sure, sure hope not. Um, but what I wanted to use today's episode for was to really, um, you know, talk about 25 lessons I've learned from my 25 years of living. Um, you know, I wanted to sort of use this as an exercise to reflect on the things I've learned myself, um, but also put this out there as something that maybe you can potentially learn from or, or gain inspiration from or whatnot. And so um, I've essentially broken down the, the 25 lessons into five different categories. So uh, I broke it down into health, wealth, self, relationships, and just random, like absolutely random things that... Um, you know, I've sort of learned uh, throughout my time on earth. And so uh, we'll just kick it off in that order. And uh, I'm looking at, I have some notes on my phone here. So just looking at those, um, but we'll kick it off with the health category. And um, the reason I break it up, first of all, before we jump into it, the reason I break it up into these pillars is I think all these pillars have a role to play in somebody's life. You know, those primary four, obviously, the health, wealth, self, and relationships, our lives are formulated around these sort of four, these four categories, these four areas. Um, and so that's why I did, did, the, did the breakup, and I just thought it would be a great way to structure it. So um, jumping right into health, the first you know, sort of lesson I have from that is that uh, your body is a temple, treat it as such. And I know it's sort of like an overused, um, you know, phrase, uh, but it's so true. You know, um, one of, uh, one of my friends put it in a great way, which is that your body is really the one thing that stays with you from the day you're born until the day you die. It's the vessel that's, you know, carrying your brain, your heart, um, your spirit, you know, your soul, like all those things are carried through this vessel that we, you know, use every day um, to do things. And so it's our responsibility to keep it right and, and, and keep it well and, um, you know, essentially treat it as a temple. And so that leads me to the second point, which is if you truly want to meet your fitness and health goals, you need to eat well and exercise even when you don't feel like it. 
it's really that extra 10%. It's really that extra effort that always will take us a longer distance that will take us um, to that much more closer to our goals. Um, it's easy to tell ourselves that we can slack off on a particular day or, you know, I need a rest day today or I need this or, or that I can give myself a break and don't get me wrong. Listen, <laughs> I'm an advocate for rest and relaxation. Just don't use it as an excuse and, and, and try to catch yourself in those moments. You know, there's a lot of times where you might say, you know, maybe I'm not, I'm just not feeling it today. I'm not mentally there. And believe me, it happens to me still. You know, and I still take take days off on those days, but progressively more and more, I, I'm running into situations where I'm like, man, I just, I just don't feel like it today. Like I really don't want to hit that workout today, or I really just want to order and dessert today. Like I don't, I don't need to eat this healthy stuff today. I can, I can treat myself a little bit. You got to catch yourselves in those moments and say, okay, you know what? I should push myself to at least get something done. Something is better than nothing. Let me maybe if I don't go all out in my workout, let me at least try to complete half of it or something. Something is better than nothing. And in the long term, that'll help you continue to build on that habit, continue to build a mindset where you consistently take your health and fitness as a priority. And so, um, like I said, you got you got to do it in those moments where, where you really don't feel like it. And that's how you'll truly achieve those health and fitness goals. Three, eat lots of fruits and vegetables. Um, Growing up, I hated vegetables, almost anything. Actually, I was a very picky eater growing up. Um, fruits, you know, too, didn't eat a lot of them. But as I grow older, <laughs> and I'm saying that as if I'm, I'm, you know, super senior or something, obviously not. But um, fruits and vegetables are just super important for your diet. Um, I study a lot of athletes. I study a lot of, um, you know, healthy individuals. And that's, you know, been something super consistent is they, they all eat um, lots of fruits and vegetables. I had a guest on this podcast, Jordan Syatt, um, who's previously been Gary Vaynerchuk's personal trainer. Um, and he gave me a tip that I still use to this day, which is, you know, try to eat one big ass salad per day. Uh, so I try to get in at least one, um, one of those in per day and, uh, you know, load it with a lot of, a lot of vegetables if I can. Number four, uh, is move. It's one word. It's move you know, don't live a sedentary lifestyle. We're in a society where, you know, we might be working nine to five, especially now. Oh my God, working from home, you know, you're sitting down in a chair all, all the time. As you can see right now, I'm standing, I've, I've got a standing desk um, so that I can, you know, that I'm not always sitting. Sitting is the, is the new smoking that is what they say. Um, and you actually burn more calories, you know, per minute, per hour when you're standing versus sitting in a chair. At the same time, you don't always want to be stand, standing. It's a balance. But um, get your body moving as well. One thing that's criminally underrated in my opinion is walking. Like walking is so powerful for, um, regular exercise and good health. Um, if you can manage to get, you know, even 8,000 steps a day, 10,000 steps a day, um, that's going to do wonders for you. Um, I remember when I was in university, I had ballooned up to, to, you know, basically being, um, obese at a particular point in time. And when I decided that I wanted to make a shift in my health, one of the things I started doing was just making small shifts to the way I got around. So instead of taking the escalator or the elevator in certain areas, I would walk. Um, 
you know, instead of taking the car out, I would walk to the nearest grocery store, like small things like that add up over time. So even if, you know, let's say you live in an apartment building or condo building, don't take the elevator, you know, take the stairs. Um, you're get you're going to get more walking, more walking in. Um, normally we'd be in the office. We'd get to walk around more or, or things like that. But now that we're staying at home, we're maybe moving around less. So just move, incorporate movement into your daily, uh, you know, habits and routines, find an area to do that. Um, I, when I'm, you know, back home, I love to go and walk to my dad. Great way to get some, some daily movement in. And then fifth uh, in the health category is your mental health is just as important as your physical. And often they're very closely correlated, right? Uh, there's this quote that keeps going around that, you know, it doesn't really matter how much you work out unless you've got your head right. Like unless you're, you're taking care of what's in your head, none of that really matters no matter how many vitamins, supplements, et cetera, et cetera, you take. Now I love, I actually love, love to share that quote cause I do think it's important However, I, I think there is a correlation piece. I, I've been in situations before there where, you know, when I've gotten my health right physically or when I focused on getting my health right physically, I've then been able to improve mentally, um, you know, boost in confidence, boost in self-esteem, um, more motivated. You know, a lot of people think that the uh, sort of loop that happens for health and nutrition is that you need motivation which leads to action, which then will lead to, um, you know, results. But actually that's, that's kind of twisted because then you're relying on the motivation piece to always be there. How it works is you take action. So even if it's a small amount of action, you start with action, right? You might not be motivated, but just start with something, go for a walk, um, pick up a dumbbell, whatever it is, you start with action, right? that leads to results and the results provide motivation. And that's the loop you want to create. That's a sustainable loop that'll allow you to maintain a strong level of health and fitness and nutrition, uh, you know, as you go forward. So, um, keep, take care, take care of both. Obviously, you know, um, for me when it comes to mental health, uh, and it, I'll refer to a, a, some tips that I provide later in this episode. Um, but, you know, there's other ways of improving your, your mental health, obviously, besides uh, physical fitness. Um, but that's just one of the ways to, to take care of it. And for me personally, that's been a that's been a huge game changer. Um, and, you know, who knows that can be that can be what happens for you as well. All right. Um, getting into the wealth category. Uh, this is something I'm super passionate about. I love, you know, talking about finances. I love, you know, sharing uh, my story with people. Um, and you'll hear a lot more on this podcast as I, as I release more episodes. Um, but I just think it's fascinating and I, I enjoy talking about it. So um, put five tips together here. And the first is don't buy things you can't afford with money you don't have to impress people you don't like. This is gospel. I'm telling you like this is remember this and, and live by it. Um, you like, I just think back to, to all the stupid crap I bought just to, you know, impress people, uh, maybe impress girls. You know, I was maybe buying like a, a shirt that was more expensive than it needed to be. I was, you know, buying, buying, a what did I do? I bought a tuxedo for prom. Although that, that tuxedo did come in handy, bought a tuxedo for prom. I could have rented it, saved a lot of money. Um, <laughs> 
I, I got out of this early, luckily, um, at a, at a, at a early point and I'm glad I stopped myself. Um, but like buying Jordans, you know, like it was the thing back in the day, you every, like you were cool if you had Jordans. I was like, man, I want to be cool too. And then I got Jordans this one time. Um, and yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, it's like a fleeting moment for a little bit, but then you're like, Oh, well, like it doesn't really benefit me that much. Um, and over time, like it, it becomes a, a habit, you know, like don't buy a car that you can't afford. A car is a depreciating asset. That's not doing anything for you. All right. Um, yeah, like it might take you from one place to another, but could you accomplish that with a more, with a less expensive car? Um, so stuff like that, right. Um, just make sure you're not do, make sure if you're, if you buy something, right, you do it for yourself. You're not doing it for others. Um, there's this particular brand that I love, uh, of shirts. It's called Robert Graham, super expensive. Like they're pricey and I don't, um, buy them. Uh, in fact, I think I've only ever bought one actually, but I love the shirts, but you know, that might be one of my things that I might splurge on if I ever wanted to. Um, one thing that I do splurge on is like fitness, uh, stuff. So like I bought Bowflex dumbbells, which I love, but I bought those for me. You know, I didn't buy those to, to show off or anything like that. Like I bought those for me, they helped me out. Um, so, you know, uh, for me, it's really like, I try to make, I try to make investments, um, before I spend on like, uh, not, I don't want to say luxuries, but just again, spending to impress people. There's no need, right? Do it for yourself. If it brings you joy, buy it. Like I love buying things that are related to maybe anime or basketball. Like those things bring me joy. Right. Um, so if it brings you joy, keep it. If it doesn't get rid of it. Um, it's like a Mary Kondo, uh, minimalism philosophy. Uh, but trust me, it works and it's great. Um, so that brings me to point number two, which is invest early, invest often. Um, my, first job when I, um, got into university. So actually first I worked at, um, Nordstrom when I, when I got into university, uh, as a, like a, a men's sportswear stylist, but immediately after that, I started working for TD bank. So, um, what I was like 18 at the time. Um, and by the age of 20, uh, I was the youngest financial advisor in the city, uh, for TD. And I learned a lot of things during that time. I'm grateful for getting, getting in that early and having that opportunity. And one of the primary principles you learn about investing is about, it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. So this is for stock market in particular, but this applies to anything. Um, the earlier you invest, the better. Okay. The more often you invest also the better, right? So I, consistently invest into my health. Okay. Um, if it means that I'm, I'm, I don't know, like I said, if like I invest in the gym, right. Or pre pandemic times, of course, um, if I'm investing in the gym, that's an investment, right? I'm hoping to get some sort of return by putting my money towards the gym. It helps me exercise. It helps me do certain exercises that I wouldn't be able to do otherwise from the comfort of my home, etc. Same thing with, you know, the dumbbells that I got same thing with, um, purchasing a yoga mat or, or whatever, like any sort of fitness trinket. Um, it's an investment stock market. It's an investment. You, you invest early, you invest often, 
it has a compounding effect, compound interest. I'll have a whole separate episode about this at some point. And maybe, maybe I should have one for each one of these tips that I, these 25 lessons that I provide over the course of this episode. Um, but if you invest early and you invest often, the more time that goes by, the more compound interest you're creating for yourself. Um, and ultimately that leads to exponential growth. So whether you're investing in yourself, that means reading books, you know, uh, listening to podcasts like this one, you know, share winning streaks with your friends. It's awesome. Um, well, I'm gassing myself up. Um, <laughs> that's just like one example, right? Finances is one aspect of it, but applies to all principles of life. Invest early, invest often. You will see compounding interest in that particular area, which will lead to exponential growth over time and consistency. It's just important to maintain that level of consistency um, to ultimately get you know worthwhile returns. Uh, three, true wealth is built over time, not overnight. I can't tell you how many times I've probably, you know, looked at, um, like get rich quick things, right? Like open a new e-commerce store, start a drop shipping business, um, uh, like network marketing, um, become a consultant. Um, so many, so many goddamn things like it, they, You'll, you'll get, you'll get these ads on YouTube, right? And all these random, all this random crap that tries to tell you that you can start making a hundred thousand dollars in the next week or so, or, or however much, you know, like they try to paint this picture that you can get rich really quickly as like a, as a young millennial or whatnot. And I'm not saying you can't, I'm just saying true wealth is built over time. Like I said, if you invest early, you invest often, over time that compounds and builds itself up. One thing you got to realize, this is just a quick side rant, but one thing you got to realize about um, all these people, you know, advertising that you you can become wealthy by doing this one particular side hustle or, or whatnot um, is that for them to make the same amount of money you might make in a nine to five, right? It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of resources and they make it, sound and look easy but it's never it's almost never what it looks like um now i'm not saying like i like again i want to i want to clarify i'm not saying it can't be done it's just about you know is the payoff really there or not and it, don't like don't do something unless you care about it like if it's not if it's not exciting to you if you can't apply like a certain one of your strengths towards it then it's probably not for you. Like if, if it sounds like it's too good to be true, it probably is. Um, so don't expect that whatever it is, it doesn't have to be any one of these random programs that are out there, but whatever it is, like, just don't think that you can just get wealthy by investing, you know, $10,000, $5,000 in Bitcoin and, and whatever, like, that's just not the case. Long-term wealth is, is always an, an, over, an overtime thing. Um, make sure you set the small goals to, you know, help you build up over time. Um, but, but, you know, I, I would always encourage to look at a sort of long-term horizon when we're talking about, you know, building true wealth. Um, okay, lesson number four in the wealth category is live below your means. So, story time. 
when I first um, moved, like my, my first time living in Toronto was actually an internship. So it was my summer after uh, my first year of university. I got an internship with TD in downtown Toronto. Um, but the pay wasn't that high. Like it was an internship. Um, but I, I really wanted the job and I was from Ottawa. Right. So I, I managed to, to get the job, but I was like, okay, well, how do I still save money? Um, but also find a way to get to work and, and live, live close by to work. So, so I can always sort of be available, which I needed to be. Um, so I ended up living in a basement apartment with four roommates, one bathroom, um, the smallest little window, not even, I don't even want to call it a window. It was almost like a, just like a small square in my room, in this basement apartment room where I would sometimes get natural light, but there would be times where I would wake up or I would go to bed and then I'd wake up again in the middle of the night. You know, I wouldn't like, I never knew what time of day it was. I never knew unless I looked at the clock. Um, also on top of that, then this basement ass, sorry, excuse me, this basement apartment, um, I would like walk out the front door at times and there would be rats with their heads cut off in front of my door. I, you think I'm joking. I'm not joking. Um, we had like a bug infestation at one point, like a, like a, like a wasp infestation right outside my front front door. And this is like, I, I will open the door and I have to go to work in the middle of this. However, this what this place was 15 to 20 minutes from uh not even it was like a 15 minute walk, 10 minute walk from from my work, a 15 minute subway from my work. Um and I was paying extremely low, low rent. So this was right next to the University of Toronto. This is downtown Toronto where average rent was like I think 1400 at the time for a one bedroom. And I was paying $600 for rent. So I definitely live below my means in that point. I'm not saying put yourself in a situation. Oh my God, there's so many more horror stories from that, from that time, but um, I'll save that for another time maybe, but I'm not saying to <laughs> put yourself in a miserable situation that just sort of happened uh, for me, but I did do my best to live below my means and I did sacrifice um, quite a bit of comfort in order to do so. And I think in my opinion, wealth does not come without sacrifice, true wealth. Um, if that's a goal of yours, if that's something that you want, that you want to establish in your life, then you got to be willing to make, make cuts somewhere. And that comes with living below your means. Um, you know, if, if that means you have to live with $20,000 less, $10,000 less, and find a way to save the rest of the money, there are always places where you can cut expenses right? Two ways of saving money or two ways of building wealth, cut, cut costs or generate more revenue. Um, and it's important to find ways to do both in my opinion, especially while you're young, uh, which I'm, I know that most people listening to this podcast, um, are. So, you know, find ways to do that. If that means living with your parents, so be it. I live with my parents throughout university. It saved me so much money. Okay, I don't want to say so much money, but like I saved money, you know. Um, uh, what else? You know, again, if you don't have to buy a car, don't buy one. 
take take public transportation, bike when you can, walk when you can, uh, live with roommates, stuff like that. Just like find ways to 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 scale back the costs. Again, you don't have to impress people, right? You don't have to impress people. Just find a way to take care of it um, to in order to be able to save more. And then the fifth lesson in the wealth category is give back. Um, this is more so maybe a personal thing, but um, I found that one of the things that give me great joy is being able to give back. Um, and in my religion, we actually have, in Islam, we have this uh, saying, which is that when you give to somebody or when you give, when you actually have very little, um, that means the, the, the reward is greater than it to say that you were like rich and then you gave, you gave, you know, you were charitable. Um, and you know, you want to, I, I, in my opinion, I think it's important to build a habit of, of being charitable, um, early. Um, because I'm truly grateful to, for the position I'm in. I'm, I'm truly grateful for the opportunities that, that I receive and I want to pay it forward somehow. And it doesn't have to be monetary. You know, it can be volunteering, um, which I've done a, a good amount of. Um, it can be, yeah, it can be financial. Um, however you can do it. I think you'll notice that if you do give back, you will, uh, you'll be much happier on a day-to-day -day basis. So, um, something to think, something is something to think about. Okay. Um, now we're transitioning to self, the self category. Um, and maybe this might be a bit shocking. Uh, but the first lesson here for me is actually be selfish, be selfish. When you look out for yourself first, it makes it easier to look out for others. It's like that. Um, it's like on airplanes, right? When they say you should always put the mask on yourself first before you put the mask on, you know, your significant other or somebody else or your child or some or somebody. And that's because, let's say you the you know the the a plane, God forbid, gets in that situation, planes dropping, masks drop, and you go to try and put the mask on somebody else, but you're losing oxygen and you pass out then maybe you didn't put the mask on the person, right? But if you put it on yourself first, that gives you the, the ability to better put, you know, an oxygen mask on somebody else then, right? It's, it's the same, it's a similar concept. You want to prioritize yourself, also again, my opinion, uh, yourself, your health, your needs first. That makes it easier for you to take care, take care of the people around you. That makes it easier for you to bring your best self um, whether it is to work every day, to your relationships every day, to your, to all these categories, to your health every day, to your wealth every day. If you, if you look after yourself first, it gives you the benefit of then being the best version of yourself for everybody else. And, uh, and I think that's important. So yeah. Um, lesson number two, uh, I don't know if this came from Kung Fu Panda. I got to really check if this, if this is where it originated. But the turtle in Kung Fu Panda says, the past is history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift. And that's why it's called the present. Um, I know I'm not the only one, but I actually stress quite a bit about the future. Um, 
I'm always thinking about what's going to happen, what could potentially happen, where things could lead to, like where things that I do now could lead to in the future. Um, and honest to God, it's, it's, it's probably a point of, of some type of, of anxiety. But over the past year or two, um, I've come to appreciate the moment a lot more. I've come to appreciate the present a lot more. I've come to appreciate um, smaller things a lot more um, versus trying to stress too much about the future. Um, and that's important. It's, it truly is because we don't know what, what might happen. We don't know at all anything that might happen going forward in the future. Just important to... Um, look after ourselves in the present and um, be content with the present. That doesn't mean that you don't prepare yourself for the future. Don't, don't get me, get me mistaken for, for saying that or don't get it, don't get it twisted. Um, that just means that you become more aware, you become more present, you become more gracious for your current um, state or your current, um, you know, circumstances something to think about uh and on that note very closely tied to, to lesson number two lesson number three is fall in love with the process not the goals i used to always tie and i'd be lying if i said i still didn't but um a huge amount of my happiness i would tie to the goals i set out for myself or the outcomes that i was seeking out but what i realized is that sometimes when i'd hit those goals yeah, I'd feel, again, a fleeting moment of happiness. But just as quickly as it happens, it's gone. And again, as a person who thinks in the future, my mindset is always, okay, what's next? And I don't really take the time to soak in what, what I was able to accomplish. And that's why it's important to tie your happiness to the process, like enjoy the process and whatever it may be, whether it's your work, Again, your health, um, your finances, like whatever it may be, your relationships, um, enjoy the process of it versus tying it to a particular number, a particular body, a particular um, partner, you know, uh, it's really about the journey to get to those outcomes that matters more so. Um, and if you focus on the journey, this is something else that I've noticed in my life. If you focus on the journey, the outcomes become more likely to happen. I don't know if this is, if this is part of part of the, the law of attraction. Um, but yeah, when I fall in love with the process of things, I tend to see that the outcome is more easily generated. Like, for example, you might have a goal of losing uh, 20 pounds or so um, or something like that. That's the goal, right? But the process is maybe working out three to four times a week, um, 10K steps a day, um, cleaning up, you know, eliminating all sugar out of your diet for however long, something like that, right? Um, that's the process. Falling in love with that is important. I heard this on, a, on another podcast, actually, which is that goals are actually lagging indicators, right? They're what happens after the fact, but what leads you to those goals is the, is the journey that you take from the point that you're setting a certain goal and the steps that you're taking to accomplish it. 
those are the indicators that matter. How many times am I working out per week? How many of my meals are healthy out of the, out of the 20 meals that I ate this week? How many of them were healthy? Things like that. Um, will uh, will help with, with overall happiness and, and fulfillment. Number four, uh, stolen from my guys at Yes Theory, seek discomfort. This is their motto. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Yes Theory. It's an amazing YouTube channel. Highly recommend. Um, but they have a motto saying seek discomfort. And um, this is how we grow. This is how humanity has historically grown and developed and um, innovated over time. And this is how we as humans can, um, you know, develop as human beings and, and, and grow. Um, whether it be, again, across all these categories, when you push yourself to, to be in uncomfortable situations or, or maybe necessarily not, you know, in the best of situations, you force yourself to, to, to grow. Um, there's this scene in Goodwill Hunting. It's a, it's a movie with Matt Damon. Um, and he's talking to a professor and he's talking about, um, how his father used to, um, hurt him as a child and his father would do one. He would do, um, basically one thing every time that, that, um, he would beat this Matt Damon character. He would put a belt and a wrench, um, on the table and he'd ask him to pick one. He'd ask his, he'd ask the Matt Damon character to pick one. And uh, the professor asked Matt Damon, oh, like, what did you choose? And he said, the wrench. And he says, why? Because F him, that's why, uh, is the answer. And so the, the lesson to be taken from that, um, it's, a, it's a grueling story, but um, the lesson to be taken from that is um, choose the uncomfortable situation. If you have an easy situation and you have an uncomfortable one, choose the uncomfortable one. It will help you out in the long term and make you a better person. Um, and it'll help you, uh, you know, evolve <laughs> into a new, new and improved version of yourself. Um, and then the fifth lesson in the self category, uh, and I stole this from Gary V, is macro patience, micro speed. And all that means is again, um, we wanna we wanna see results quickly, especially our generation. I'm hundred percent guilty. I love seeing quick results. I love seeing quick wins. I love seeing things just immediately for me to get some sort of dopamine rush from something that I do or work that I put in. I love that. Um, but in the long term, that's just not sustainable. You want to be patient with the goals that you solicit out with yourself. All these, all these lessons they tie in, into one another, right? Patience and and falling in love with the process and today is a gift. Like all those things. Um, they tie in with, with one another. And if you can be patient in the long term, again, you'll be, a, you'll be a happier individual, but in the micro, so on a day-to-day -day basis, what can you do think, what can you do to speed things up? So it's a balance. It's about finding that balance. Everything's about balance. All right. What can you do on a daily basis to speed up the way you get to your, um, to get, you get to your goals or the way you get to, um, where you want to get to. Peter Thiel is a, he's a popular, popular, um, investor. Um, he's part of PayPal and, um, a bunch of other top notch companies, um, has a, has a question that he likes to ask, which is how, why can't you do your 10 year goal or why can't you accomplish your 10 year goal in six months? It's a good question. You can ask yourself, right? Something that I ask myself, but again, balance it with, with some sense of patience. It's important to ask yourself these questions. But balance it, balance it with a uh, 
a level of patience as well. All right, cool. That's three categories down. Um, transitioning over to relationships. Um, and this is not just relationships with your significant other. This is relationships in general. And if you were listening to one of my recent episodes, um, you would know that there was a study done that basically said that happiness has been proven not to be tied to monetary, um, not to wealth, um, not to, um, you know, any materialistic things, but actually tied to the quality of our relationships. And so that, that study was profound for me. Um, it's about the quality of your relationships, um, and how you, you maintain them on an ongoing basis. So with that being said, um, the first lesson for the relationships category is surround yourself with support. Um, cut out the bad. Like if there's any negativity in your circle, like create almost like a Knights of the Round Table. Um, if there's any negativity in your circle, cut it out. I'm sorry, like it's harsh. But if someone's not, I don't want to say bringing you value, but if someone's bringing you down versus lifting you up, they should probably not be in your circle. Okay. This applies to in a, in a, on a, in a little bit of a different take on it is, you know, I try to also build a circle of people who are smarter than me, uh, people who are more talented than me, people who are, you know, quote unquote, more successful than me. Um, people I can learn from, like, I love it when I can go to dinner with a friend and have a conversation about his or her business or, um, have a con like, that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast, like hundred percent, the the guests that I've had on, I've built, you know, relationships with many of them. Um, because I'm inspired by them. I learn from them. Um, I, I get support from them. Um, it's a, it's a phenomenal way. This podcast has been a phenomenal way of doing that. Um, but find ways to do that in your own circle, you know, it helps you build camaraderie. It helps you build accountability. It helps you grow again as a, as a, as an individual. Um, and any, any negativity needs to be, uh, you know, needs to be eliminated. So if, if you've got people bringing you down as, a, as opposed to lifting you up, you got, you have a difficult conversation to have. Okay. Uh, number two, you get what you give. It's just from my experience. Um, what you put into your relationships is what you're going to get out. Um, there are some cases where you actually, oh, you give a lot, but you don't get a lot in return. Okay. Well, you have to evaluate the strength of those relationships. That's a personal thing. That's, that's, that's up to you on how you want to handle that, but don't expect to don't expect on the flip side for you to put in a half-ass effort and get a hundred percent in return right? From the people that you care about or, or care about you. Um, one thing like, uh, I have just found for me, like it's been a, a game changer in terms of a relationship with uh, my family to, to regularly keep in touch with them. Despite me being in Toronto, like I try to call, have a, have a conversation with my parents on a, on a regular basis, on a daily basis. And sometimes we might not say much at all, you know, might be a one minute conversation. Um, but at, at minimum, it's a conversation, um, you know, uh, hi, how are you, et cetera, et cetera. But um, by doing that, 
I just find that that bond is so much more, that's so much stronger. I mean, obviously they're my parents, so it's strong anyway. Um, But, you know, living away from my parents and such, at least at the time of recording of this episode, um, it it definitely helps and and it keeps me happier um, as an individual. Number three, don't hold grudges. Doesn't feel good. It doesn't help anybody. Um, I've held grudges before. you know, when I felt wronged in the past or, or, you know, from people that might've picked on me or, or things like that. Like, but I just find that holding a grudge or holding bad blood is just a massive weight on your shoulders. Um, and it's like, a, it's like a, it's like a repeat, repeating, um, pain almost and a repeating, uh, nuisance, nu- 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 nuisance. Hope I'm, I'm pronouncing that right. Um, it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't lend to your happiness. It doesn't lend to your fulfillment. It doesn't, you know, none of that. Like it doesn't do anything for you. So I know it's not easy to necessarily like forgive people for what they've done to you. Um, and maybe you don't have to, you know, actually, I don't know. That's a tough one, but <laughs> sorry, I should be more, uh, I know I should be more precise about it, but I, I, I know in some situations I haven't necessarily been able to maybe, you know, I think I've, I've definitely forgiven now for, for whoever, you know, used to bully me or, or things like that. But, um, it's like, yeah, oh yeah, this is it. This is, I got it. I got it. Um, maybe you forgive, you just don't forget right? You forgive people, but you don't forget, um, how you might've been wrong in the past. Obviously you can, it's hard. Um, but I find that forgiveness is, is very strong quality that you can have. Um, and it lends to your character. Um, and if you can do that, uh, I promise you, I think you'll be a much, much happier person. Number four, find mentors. I think that's, that's pretty self-explanatory. I found that whenever I've been able to find a mentor in a particular category of my life, that area of my life has improved. Um, it happened with real estate. I found a real estate mentor. I was able to, um, not long after, uh, secure my, my first investment property, which I'll have a, a separate episode about. Um, I found a, a mentor for my health, um, drastically improved my health from, from the moment Shortly after, again, I, I uh, worked with that mentor. Um, and then I have a met- another mentor that I just regularly sort of check in with about life in general. Um, and it's been helpful to keep a certain level of ac- accountability. Um, and so if you have mentors you can talk to, that's great. But you can also look for mentors from afar, right? To a lot of people, they look up to, um, you know, guys like Elon Musk, or they might look, look up to... Um, uh, you know, Tony Robbins or Tim Ferriss. I look up to Tim, Tim Ferriss, you know, um, Joe Rogan, like there's, there's so many mentors out there that we can observe from afar, see what they've done to be successful and try and, um, you know, steal lessons from them and, and find out, cherry pick a couple of those things that they've done, um, to, to, to grow and, and be successful over time. So, um, you can always learn from, from people who have done things, uh, that you want to do before you. So 
look for those people. And uh, if you can try to try to build a relationship with them. Um, and then the fifth lesson, similar to what I said earlier, keep in touch with your loved ones. Um, as I said earlier, it's not about the, the, the quantity of your relationships, it's about the quality of them. So, you know, you don't have to be friends with everybody. You just, you don't. Um, and I don't think that's actually going to help you be, be a happier person. Um, it's about keeping, maybe it's not about keeping, but it's, it's important to have a, a tight circle that you can regularly keep in touch with versus having a large circle that you only, you know, speak to every once in a blue moon. And obviously you're always going to have people that you speak to once in a blue moon, but in terms of happiness, make sure that the people that matter to you the most, you're, you're keeping in touch with, touch with them. So that covers the, the four sort of main first categories, but now we're getting into the random category, which is just, you know, random stuff that, that I came up with that I think, um, has lent to, um, 25 years of, of growth, um, 25 years of, yeah, I don't know. I just, these are things that I, that I, that I put together after much reflection, um, that I think, uh, have done a lot for me, um, definitely as of late and will do a lot for me going forward in my life as well. Um, and so number one, it is not about the big grand accomplishments. It's about the little things. I love setting big, big audacious goals. I'm, I consider myself to be an ambitious individual. Anyone who knows me knows that about me. Um, but I, for example, when the Raptors won the NBA championship, that was one of the happiest moments of my entire life. When the rock commented on my Instagram post, also one of the happiest moments of my entire life. When, um, I've gone to like a small cottage trip with my family, like very happy moments, like happiness comes from those moments, you know, you can get happiness from certain financial goals, certain material goals, maybe like, maybe you always wanted to buy a Lamborghini and finally you bought a Lamborghini. Okay. Maybe a Lamborghini is an aggressive, um, aggressive example but maybe there's a car that you always wanted to buy that you, you bought. It's like, yes, that brings me a lot of joy and happiness. Great. That's perfect. But true happiness, I think comes from some of these small little moments that we take for granted. Sometimes my, uh, my roommate was telling me the other day how like every time, unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers lost to Tom Brady in the, uh, in the, uh, the conference championship game. Uh, but he's a big Aaron Rodgers Packers fan. Um, and he's like, it just brings so much joy that it's hard to rec replicate every time Aaron Rodgers wins. Um, and so those, those big grand accomplishments are good. They're, they're important to help us keep moving forward. Just don't lose track of the small moments. Like when those moments happen, right. And you feel that happiness, like make a mental note to to remember that that time that moment and remember how you feel so that later in the future whenever you're feeling down you can go back and reflect on that moment you can go back and 
sorry, back and say, excuse me, back on that moment and say, I feel so, I felt so happy then. And that'll create a level of happiness within you when you're reflecting on it. Like if you just, like if I told you right now, okay, we're going to do a little, we're going to do a little experiment right here. All right. If you're still listening up to this point, thank you. I appreciate you. You're amazing. Just close your eyes for a second. Close your eyes and think back to a time where you were filled with pure joy. Pure joy, pure bliss. Think back to that time. Now open your eyes. Anyone who listened to that and didn't feel happy, I want you to DM me on Instagram at this man Tanvir, at this man underscore Tanvir. I want you to DM, DM me on Instagram. I'd love to see it if you didn't. If you did, though, also DM me on Instagram and tell me if you actually felt happy after you um, experienced that. It's those moments, those moments that matter. And if we can make a mental note of them and have them in our mind, we can always refer back to them later um, as a, as a point of happiness. I love accomplishing my goals. I love accomplishing, you know, certain financial targets or certain health targets and such. Don't get me wrong. Those are amazing. But, but take mental note of the, of the little things, the little moments. Um, random lesson number two, work to live, don't live to work. Um, I think that's, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, some, and somehow we've again built a built a society where a lot of us do um, live to work, but we want to make sure that that we're maintaining a strong balance within our lives, dedicating ourselves towards other aspects um, such as our relationships and such. I'm not saying don't work hard, definitely work hard. Um, just make sure you have your priorities straight. Number three, uh, manufacture motivation. So this is something that I use all the time. Um, which is even if I don't necessarily have something to, to motivate me, I find something to motivate me. So for example, um, one of the ways I do this is in, in all the jobs that I've had, actually going throughout school even, I always found one person that I would wanna compete with in some way, form or fashion, like some, some sort of, they're almost like, like a rival. <laughs> like I watch a lot of anime and, um, there's always rivals in anime or, or things like that. And I always looked at them as my rival that I would need to compete against. Um, and that's where I get my manufactured motivation or, you know, another piece that I have, and, and maybe this isn't such a good thing, but this is just for me. Um, I, you know, sometimes feel that people don't believe in my skills or people don't believe in my abilities. And I feel like I have to prove, prove people wrong. That's just something that I've had since I was a kid. Um, always felt that felt the need to, to do that. Um, but that's a form of manufacturer motivation. So if you can find, it's not for everyone, it's not for everyone to do that, but if you can find ways to use little tips and, and tricks to create a, a sense of self-motivation, um, do that. But obviously it, at the end of the day, it depends on, on what motivates you. Um, for me, competition is like basically my number one motivating factor. Uh, Lesson number four, don't follow your passion 
exercise your strengths. Okay, I'm going to have a separate episode on this. We hear so much like follow your passion, follow your passion, like chase your dreams, et cetera, et cetera. Um, your passions can change. They're not always going to be the same. So you might like, and this has happened to me numerous times. Like you might be passionate about something for, uh, you know, a couple of months, maybe even a couple of years, but your passions change. So like you, maybe then you're going to give up on that thing. But if you exercise your strengths, like if you follow your strengths, for me, uh, it was sales. Like if you, if you exercise your strengths, you'll develop a knack and strength with it over time, which you will, I believe, you know, you'll, you'll kind of develop a passion for it almost, um, that you will be able to continue to use as a skill. It's more applicable passion. A passion is not applicable. A passion you can like, you know, build a, you can build a business around a passion. You can build a podcast around a passion. Um, so many things, but, um, there's no actual skill. Like just because you're passionate about basketball doesn't make you all of a sudden skillful at basketball. But if you're, if you have a knack for basketball, then exercise that strength and continue to, to, to work on it and to build, continue to, to try and develop mastery in that skill. And that way, once you've developed a certain skill or a particular strength, right? Whatever passions you do have, you can use that skill towards that passion. But if your passions change, that skill is evergreen. It carries over. Okay. So if one day I decide that, you know what? I don't really care about technology sales anymore, which I do. Um, but if one day I decide I don't and I want to take it to a different industry, I could. It's a skill that I can, that I can cross industries with. Um, if any of my colleagues are listening, I promise I'm not leaving. So it's all good. Um, <laughs> so exercise your strengths. Don't follow your passions. And then lastly, last but not least, cap, cap it all off. The 25th lesson, take one step at a time. We're trying to do too much. You're, try, you're trying to do too much, all right? I'm trying to do too much probably. Take one step at a time. The little things add up over time and they lead to big things. But if you keep, you know, stressing about accomplishing a big thing, but not sort of formulating a plan or not taking those daily steps at a time, not really going to help you out. It's always just going to see like, seem like an audacious goal or accomplishment or something to reach in the future. You know, it's a huge, massive thing that you want to do. But if you take one step at a time, over time, you can do it. Take one step at a time, over time, you can do anything. And those are my 25 lessons before turning 25. Um, so yeah, I hope you found that powerful. I hope you found that impactful, inspirational, uh, helpful whatever it is, if it, if it did, I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear what you got out from this episode. Um, my Instagram is at this man underscore Tanveer, T-A-N-V-E-E-R. Would love to hear from you. Um, if anything stood out from you from this episode, um, you know, share it on your story, share it wherever you'd like. 
um, you know, send it to your friends. Um, that would mean that would be the, the best birthday present. If you guys share this around with, you know, at least one person, you know, that that would be the best, uh, best birthday gift. So, um, you know what? I, I really appreciate you for listening. Um, can't tell you how much it means to me to, to have people listen to this podcast and, and, you know, have to have to put up with my voice and, and put up with the things that, that I have to say. So, um, again, I just, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for, for all of you. And I love doing this and, um, you know, I can't wait to, to, to just keep continuing to do this and, and deliver content that helps you guys. So, um, appreciate you very, very much. And do not forget you are on a winning streak. See you next time.